welcome to another Behind the Message. It's Greg, Scott, and Zach. We're talking this week about our next series, Local Early Together. We're jumping into 2019 and talking about church culture. Welcome. And before we jump into, I guess, the message portion or talking about kind of this mess that we uh, have started today, uh, just some updates in the Corner Church world. I think the big one in general is that if you're a part of uh, one of the Corner Church communities, I want to encourage you to get connected with our connection groups. We're really, uh, we really value those. There are, um, it's a big part of being a part of community is having people that you see on a regular basis and building those connections and relationships. Um, some of them are fun things to do together. Some of them are studies that happen together. Um, but there's groups for everything. So uh, make sure to check those out. You can find those all on our website at cornerchurch.tv. I just want to give you guys a warning that we're in rare form today. I think we've had plenty of caffeine. Scott evolved into triple Scott. So. Yeah. Follow along with us the best you can. You know, we have a weekly tradition of talking about our favorite NPR hosts as we're about to do the podcast. And so I'm not involved with that. I know. But we want to dedicate today to Lakshmi Singh. (laughs) Lakshmi Singh, our hearts go out to you. You're our our favorite. And so if this could get forwarded off to her, we're a big fan. Also, Tom Cran, (laughs) two (laughs) o'clock. All right. Well, so we are moving out of our uh, two-year-long series of the study of Matthew and into a series where we're going to be looking at culture culture. and culture is, and specifically church culture, corner church culture. And the, the premise, what we're building off of is the reality that culture is everywhere. Culture exists, whether you like it or not, doesn't matter if it's in your home, your workplace, uh, if it's in your neighborhood, your building, uh, at family gatherings, whatever it is, culture is everywhere. And whether you embrace it, whether you hate it, whether it's productive or counterproductive, uh, it's there. And we're going to be spending this month talking about the foundations of the corner church culture, uh, these things of local early together. And we'll get a lot more into what those mean. But today we're going just one step (laughs) into uh, how do we recognize how do we deal with what is our responsibility in culture yeah it just kind of is this thing that happens regardless if you plan for it or not and so i think part of this series for us is taking this step back and realizing what culture has happened what what are the norms that have been created and then also what are what's our ideal or what how can we uh, make shifts and adjust culture um and i think each of us not just leaders air quotes or pastors or whatever title you want to give but every person has a responsibility and culture we each play a part whether we follow the norms that have been established before us or we try to buck the trend uh, those decisions can affect the cultures that are being created in in the different communities that we're a part of we thought of and really have dived into dove into this idea that the petri dish with auger in it if you remember from junior high where you would rub a piece of raw chicken on it or whatever is and a petri dish with auger is a neutral environment that is gives opportunity for whatever is present to really grow and thrive uh like six months ago uh, my parents had uh this space that they were wondering it was my mom's uh, like she has a second hand, had a second hand shop that <clears throat> we 
was curious if there was mold, a mold problem. And so they did this mold test, which basically is a Petri dish that you just set and see what happens. And in like seven days, it was this massive growing fuzzy thing. And culture is a great, you know, that is a great illustration of culture. Whatever is introduced, uh, whatever is allowed to thrive will grow. And the idea of having like, we're going to start with this blank slate in whether it's family or a church or an organization, a business, that blank slate that you introduce things to lasts about a hundredth of a second. Mm -hmm. And immediately, whatever is allowed to thrive, whatever is present and is allowed to thrive will really grow. And uh, that's present everywhere around us. And so what do we do with that? What do we do with the things that are growing in the cultures around us? It's a little bit nicer in the day-to-day setting of a church culture that if you get a bad Petri dish, you got to just throw it out a lot of times. At least when I think back to science class, if if you did it wrong, you just got to start over. And I mean, maybe we should start over some days, but most days we don't have to look back and say, oh, got to close this church and start from scratch. There's definitely a degree of control that we get to have in the midst of all of it. But unfortunately, that is being played out every week around our country, is that it's over, something as overgrown has become obsolete, has become irrelevant, uh, has become so corrupted that it does need to shut down or is shutting down. Yeah. And that's happening in families as they disintegrate or in workplaces where they're volatile. And for sure in churches too, we think that we're all Christians here. It'll all just work out naturally without any input. We just love Jesus and everything is fine. Uh, culture can can s- spiral really, really quickly. And so what is our responsibility? If we start with just, again, recognizing it and then that foundational question, what is, what is our responsibility? We're going to ask people a couple of foundational dialogue questions to get started just to build some perspective surrounding culture. And the first one is kind of a group exercise for people to identify as a table of, you know, three to seven people, identify how many shared cultures are represented at that table. And I think it's remarkable how quickly we can say, you know, we're both Swedish. You know, that's that's one thing. But you can say, well, we both go to the same church. Uh, we both uh, we both work in the tech industry. Like there's people will quickly discover that we have a lot of shared cultures. Hmm. Yeah, I think like the recognizing those things and then being able to uh i don't know i feel like we don't we talk so our like our culture or society in general we talk so much about culture but then we also ignore it most of the time we don't recognize those things and so hopefully this moment is a good opportunity for people to come up and and share like some connections that they ha- might have that they haven't thought about and then moving on from there start talking and having conversation about how even though we can have the same culture, similar experiences, the, the outcome of those things can actually look pretty different. You can grab two people from a university. It's like, this is a cliche example, but two people from the same university and one will be like, I love it. It's so beautiful. The community, I have my best friends. It's just such a friendly, happy place. And then the same person, another person in the same dorm, same time period, like, I hate this school. Everybody's so unfriendly. This is such, this is the most destructive place. And shared culture doesn't necessarily mean shared experience. I think that speaks a lot to even part of culture for each of us is 
just being aware of our perspective, that my perspective is always different than the next person and how culture plays into my life is going to be different, how it plays into other people's lives. And even what I introduce to culture will affect me and someone else differently. Then we're going to ask a question in different cultures. How do people tend to respond to imperfections, which is probably a great measure of health of a culture, but how painful it is to be part of a culture that when there is imperfection in that culture or in people in that culture and people have to die, uh, literally or figuratively sometimes, uh, it's as people experience culture differently, there's also cultures can deal with imperfections radically differently. I think a lot of times the response to that has, and the response to that that kills something inside of me is the response of like, well, that's just what we've always done. So yeah. That's how we always do it. And uh, I, I think I'm probably abnormal in that. Um, I think there is some health in recognition that oh, we've always done it this way. This is what's worked in the past, so we're just gonna keep keep pushing on. But then there's also like there's this idealist side of me that says, but is it, is that the best? And I don't if know. You, if how you, you don't know, that. Greg, if, and maybe you don't, but, uh, number one is idealistic, which is an incredible strength, but also can lead to a moment of challenges. And I, I have that same tendency of being idealistic. It can be paralyzing. And I think when I look at church culture or business culture, or even like city culture, uh, you know, we, we had an election not too long ago, new mayor, a new police chief and, uh, a bunch of changes and stuff. And it's easy to say like, well, it didn't turn out perfect. So I'm, I just going to give up and pretend not to be a part of it. And I don't think that's, I think part of it is me choosing to have responsibility in the midst of the imperfect, uh, imperfect cultures that are being created around us. And while it would be very convenient to every time you face a cultural imperfection to just wipe it clean, do a new Petri dish, I wish. it d- doesn't work that way, especially with things like family or uh, vocational community, whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, it'd be great probably for each of us to just talk about the challenges that we've faced in established, changing an established culture. I mean, I could talk about, I wrote it in here too, but I could talk about... Uh, just a church experience. Uh, churches tend to have really strong established cultures and shifting those things can be super, super hard. And uh, I had a young friend as soon as we were finishing up college and he got a job as, as pastoring this small church in, in rural Washington. And I got to go visit him one Sunday. And uh, I mean, it was a it was a cute little church. Uh, I think the average age, which was like 70, 60 or 70. And uh you know, I was, I went to school for ministry. I was, had hopes of being in ministry. And so I didn't mean disrespect, but they definitely felt disrespect that I would walk mm-hmm. into their sanctuary with my shirt untucked. And they let me know that. And you uh, did have a shirt on. Right? I had a shirt on. Okay. I was just, <laughs> yeah, I just didn't, I didn't have it tucked in and, uh, I got cornered and belittled and yelled at. And, uh, it's, was this experience of realizing that, uh, like I try to give them the benefit of the doubt in those moments of like, man, these people really, they're trying to honor God with 
with themselves and how they represent themselves. And that's, I don't know. But at the same time, it's like, I, I can never be a part of a community or a culture that, that acted like that. And so how do we, I think we could do similar things in our, our own cultures, our own church cultures, where we have things that people come in and they're like, that's really, those, those are things you care about. Like, why you, why is that so important to you? Or why is that how you do things? It's weird. We can even go to the other extreme is that being so open or not caring about things that when somebody does care about something specifically, we can go push them out of culture. Yeah. And uh, I know that, I mean, our, the church stories that I have about culture that are weird are many. <laughs> but I mean, I remember being in the church, playing basketball in a gym and uh, as a younger guy, seeing a sign that was on the doorway from the gym into the rest of the church that said no athletic shorts or shoes beyond this point. It just was so confusing to me. It's like, why, why is that so important that athletic shorts would not go beyond this this point in a building? I remember the first uh, youth camp that I went to that I'd been to many youth camps, but the first youth camp I went to that had a dress code for uh, their chapel services. I remember moments of two being asked, you know, to go tell a kid to remove his hat uh, in a in a church service, or again, or thinking about people that you know, tattoos or cigarettes or all these things would be all very clear signs that somebody can't have or doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, and uh, that's all part of our culture. I think there are a lot of challenges to changing all that, and we think about the churches that we're part of, but sometimes we're part of these cultures that we don't really have a say in what has gone into it, but we're in the culture regardless. I think about even neighborhood culture. Uh, if you've chosen to you know, commit to a church body and you've got a few years that you've been there and the culture you just don't agree with at a certain point, then the decision comes, do I stay? Do I go? What happens when we come up to that point of, wow, this is something I think should change. Uh, I can't leave or I shouldn't leave. How do I go about changing this? And I think that's what we'll be getting into over the next couple months here as we talk through this. It's yeah. it's so easy to see a need for change of culture and get wound really tight or explode violently. Um, I think back to my work culture when I worked at Jiffy Lube while I was at college, <laughs> and uh, which was, I would say, it was not a very healthy work culture. Imagine what? that. We have lots of oil. It's a, it's a waffle place, right? Jiffy Lube? It's kind of. Uh, but I remember very clearly that the work culture there was that if you needed somebody to do something, you had to yell at them to get it to do it. Hmm. And how enjoyable that is. And the problem, the absolute cyclical problem with that is that if I wanted to change that culture, I would have needed to yell at other people to get them to change that so they weren't yelling at people. And <laughs> you know, and that led me to a moment of just like, to change the culture, I just gave up. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to be in this. I'll try to not yell so much, but if I need somebody to do something, I guess I have to. Yeah. It's an interesting picture that we, I mean, we came out of Matthew last two years we see Jesus uh, presenting these ideas to culture that were totally countercultural, even to the people who 
we're expecting him to come. These moments of, uh, you've heard it said, all these different things, and then Jesus presents this totally upside-down idea. It would be like, you know, you, Scott, going to work and someone yelling at you and you not responding at all, and everyone's weirded out, like, is what happened to Scott? Why is he not talking? I just mm. yelled at him. Did I break him? Just these moments where Jesus had all these things that were completely upside down. And uh, when we think about our own cultures, what are those things in us that we can introduce that might feel really upside down, but actually are really positive things? Yeah, it's super important that we have this moment uh, on Sunday and even this moment uh, for us as we've been wrestling through this the last couple of weeks is is have this moment of realizing the cultures we've been a part of and then realizing the imperfections in cultures that maybe we are a part of or uh, haven't been. And then wrestling with that idea of like, how do we, we're going to ask the question or what are some of the challenges of changing an established culture? Because if we don't, if we can't wrap our minds around a imperfect culture and change, uh, then the rest of the series isn't going to yeah. be helpful. Yeah. And uh, so this is really setting us up for the next uh, three weeks after this one. So four weeks total, we're going to do this series on culture and uh, really want you and us and uh, on Sunday, our communities to wrestle with that question. What are the, some of the challenges of changing an established culture? And I don't, I don't know if there, I mean, there's a million answers. I don't yeah, know if there's you right answers. Do the Amazon book search on culture or changing culture or corporate culture. And it's, thousands this is a popular thing because it's a huge need and while there are tons of answers and systems and the hundred steps or whatever to do it uh you still you or me personally dealing with culture understanding it being vulnerable to me being a part of its imperfections but also hopefully being a part of its solutions is that's a vulnerable heavy thing and I think like one of the things that we talk about often uh, that I think is a part of our culture and continually something that we talk about is is that better today than yesterday mentality of like, man, having the perfect culture would be nice, but also how realistic is that? Uh, you know, having a perfect Scott would be nice, but yeah. how realistic is that? I mean, I can say that for all of us and everybody that's a part of community and there is a messiness involved with community and church and uh, being a part of a neighborhood. And so inherently culture is going to have issues. And uh, if you are just looking for the church that has the perfect culture so that you can actually be a part of it, uh, I would say you're probably doing that search wrong. Yeah. It, that's a very common conversation in my life with people in community that are outside of church would say that I'm, I'm just trying to find one that's a good fit and uh, I'm trying to find one that has a culture that matches who I am and where I'm at and uh, well that it's not a you're not a bad person for wanting that but it is probably unrealistic hmm. that's the bubble burster hmm. I imagine Jesus coming and doing all this work and looking around at the people he was surrounded by and just, yeah, you know, these people are fine, but they're really not the people I fit with. They're really not yeah. who I expect them to be. <laughs> I, I think I'm just going to go find someone else. Um, what we see in his ministry, just this really beautiful thing that he didn't come and force culture onto people. He didn't come and decide these people are too terrible. I'm going to go find someone else. 
he just stepped right into it. And I, I think this takes us right into the, the story of Zacchaeus. In Luke. Yeah, Luke 19. It's, I, if you come with the filter of recognizing culture and seeing, it's, it, it is Jesus and Zacchaeus being counterculture, but really uh, just their heart, their character, and there's these moments where they're not responding as culture would tell them. Uh, it gives us such a, me, a hyper-challenging picture. You know, a tax collector has, he's part of a, I'm, I'm a Jew, but I've sold out to work for the Romans, not just sold out to be a janitor for them, but to collect taxes for them. From the Jews. From the Jews. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, so I burned the bridge backwards. But now I do have, I don't have camaraderie with Romans. That's not part of my culture because they see me as like this insider this, into the Jewish world. But it's better that the tax collectors that are Jews suffer for going and collecting taxes, that they be belittled, that they burn their bridges rather than the Romans. And, you know, they were, they were demeaned, they were defamed, they were subhuman to the Romans too. And in that <clears throat> culture... The last thing that Zacchaeus's culture would say is, you should really try to get a peek at Jesus as he goes by. And uh, they would probably say, if you really want to see Jesus, you should demand him to stop. You should uh, say it's time for your tax man visit. But he didn't. He tax man visit. went up into a tree <laughs> to catch a tax man. <laughs> to get a glimpse as Jesus went by. And... Uh, and then on the flip side of that, Jesus is so counterculture in that he sees him, calls him out by name, and then says, I'm coming to your house today. And what is predictable by culture really happened. They grumbled that this guy spends time, goes to the house of sinners. And I can feel in me, if I was Zacchaeus or if I was Jesus in this moment, this is a moment for me to just explode on culture. To, you know, I, I'm not much of a yeller but it's just like it would make me so angry and i can feel my responses to the tax collectors and to the jews and just i would just explode on it all and say you're idiots all of your cultures are stupid and uh i know that the response would be we're not listening to you i, I, it, well, I think the response that a lot of people would make would, would be something like well we you don't we don't do that we don't we don't we as I mean, Jesus would have been classified as a Pharisee of the day, I mean, a rabbi, and they would have said, Pharisees don't eat with tax collectors. That's not what we do. And we don't do that here. We yeah. don't do that, no. yeah. I mean, and tax collectors, they don't they don't interact with the Jewish religious authorities and fellow tax collectors and probably even Roman authorities would have said, Zacchaeus, we don't, we don't do that. That's not who we are. That's, what, that's not what we do. So there's that two side of it, yeah. like the, that anger side. And then also I think the side of what I would do if I was either Zacchaeus or Jesus, if I was Jesus and I saw a guy that I knew was a tax collector who was outside of the religious authority, it, it would have been easy just to ignore him. Yeah. It, we're going to ask the question, what is the cost of what these two men were doing that were counterculture? What was the cost to Zacchaeus and what was the cost to Jesus? Hmm. And uh, in changing culture, there's cost. Yeah. Or addressing issues in culture, there's cost. And uh, that's... I, I wish there was a book that would tell you how to do it without cost, but 
it's not not how it works. Yeah, it's amazing with Zacchaeus because we don't really hear a lot of his after story, but he'd already burned this bridge with the Jewish community. Uh, there's a solid chance that after he decides, you know, I'm going to pay back everyone who I've wronged. Um, he's really in this moment, seems like making a commitment. I'm going to follow you, Jesus. Like you've come, you've shown me something and I, I want to make right what's been wrong. And he might still have a burn bridge with the Jews, but now also a burn bridge with the Romans. He may have no community at this point. He might have nobody yeah. and, uh, what a cost, but, uh, what a, what a great picture of when Jesus calls people to follow him, what that really looks like. And, it's not a like try real hard and you know just just muster up the strength to be alone. Uh, we see that Zacchaeus has something with Jesus that causes him to be willing to pay that price. Hmm. And so we we interact with culture it, again. It doesn't always have to be church, and that's part of the focus of today in this message is that culture is not just. Find, found in church or not just found in business it's everywhere but to change it is going to come with a big cost and we can respond poorly in all of those moments from the cost or even leading into it and uh, if if we see a need for change the first natural reaction for me uh, can be to again violently attack or to belittle or to tear down but it also can be just to ignore it mm-hmm. and what is it if uh, if Jesus walked by or Zacchaeus never went up in the tree? Uh, there's, it's very easy just to ignore or to fall into what culture tells you, even if it is is wrong. And uh, there's a huge cost to that too. Hmm. So we're going to end with maybe an imperfective, imperfect question at this point. Uh, we want people to talk about what internal challenges do you face in in peaceably going counterculture to, uh, I mean, with, with the goal in mind of, of adjusting culture, I would say. And, you know, we can ask that in families. I know in my family, culture has changed drastically in the last 15 years and, uh, probably for the better, uh, (laughs) but maybe not always. And I think cultures are going to change. They're going to evolve over time. It's just what happens. The Petri dish doesn't stop growing. Yeah. It grows until there's nothing left for it to grow off of. And uh, so how can we, in, in our workplaces, in our families, in our church communities, our church families, uh, in our neighborhoods, and in, in our buildings that we live in, how can we make healthy adjustments? How can we each take responsibility of the culture that's being created there and, uh, and do our part to, to make things better? I mean, if your family culture says uh, we don't talk about real things, I mean, again, that wording of that last question, what inter- internal challenges do I face in peaceably going counterculture? You know, the antithesis of that would be to say, we need to talk about our feelings. And, you know, that it's not going to get anybody to talk about their feelings. Or if you're in a work culture where people don't see value in each other or aren't supportive to each other, you can, again, not peaceably would be go to you hurt people and you hurt people and you don't care and you don't work hard. And, and that's not going to do anything. Why are we yelling? <laughs> Stop the yelling. Nothing like quiet yelling. Treat each other well. Jerks. <laughs> It's all of these cultures 
we're, or again, we're surrounded by an infinite number of cultures that have an infinite number of failings. And uh, Jesus, in this moment, it it seems so calm and peaceable. He wasn't, he didn't leap on the Pharisees and he didn't leap on Zacchaeus for his issues. It was peaceably going counterculture. And uh, he went and had a meal. Went and had a meal. Which that meal led to his life change. Hmm. So we, uh, we don't have this all figured out. I, I think it's very easy in studying culture and trying to do culture well to, to try to become an expert in order to fix it all. But that may work in a vacuum where you're starting with a clean Petri dish and I just can't find it. (laughs) So what we need to do is uh, not learn how to just wipe a slate clean, but rather to peaceably go against or become counterculture and to uh, invite Jesus, invite the Holy Spirit into that experience. Even just a challenge, especially if you're part of corner church community already. uh, I think what this looks like, just one good challenge is uh, inviting someone over for a meal Mm. who isn't currently part of your culture whatever that looks like, if it's the outward culture, but even if it's just somebody who you just don't understand, uh, or if it's a neighbor you don't know yet, take this moment and and read into this this week. And as we talk about it, inviting someone in, Jesus inviting himself into Zacchaeus' life, that's a big step. Can we do the Jesus thing? Like, yeah, I'll just... Zach, I'm uh, coming to your yeah. house for dinner today. <laughs> I like pizza. Uh, if you can have it ready by five, my kids will eat a, a little bit of it, and I'll eat the rest. Yeah. I think those, just to reflect back on our pre-questions, having people talk about what are our shared cultures, understanding that we have different experiences in all of those cultures, that cultures can respond all kinds of different ways to its ills, ranging from totally ignoring, pretending like it doesn't exist, that's the church way, Hmm. to being violent. Yeah. But then that ultimate challenge of changing culture, these things in one big gulp, I think really set us up uh, to not have perfect church culture, but to take responsibility and uh, to have improving church, improving culture. church culture. Yeah. I want that. I'll, I'd be a part of that. Yeah. We, uh, you know, if you've enjoyed this, this podcast and you're in Minneapolis or the greater Minneapolis, Twin Cities Looking area, for a perfect church. Yeah. Looking for a church with perfect culture. Come out over. Uh, you can visit us at one of the three corner coffee locations on Sunday morning. Um, also, I wanted to mention that down in the description of this episode are our take a deeper questions. Every week we have um, extended reading and questions that go along with our message. And uh, if you and a group of people want to talk through these things, there'll be a deeper dive into uh, these conversations that we're starting on Sunday. So uh, take some time and do that. Thank you for listening. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Um, bye from your Corner Church family. See ya. Bye.